Good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Tommy McMurtry from Liberty Baptist Church. Glad to be back with you this morning. Hope you will get a blessing today. And we just want to invite you once again to come out and visit us one of these days at Liberty Baptist Church. We'd love to see you. And we're just so thankful that you would uh, listen and be a part of this program. And we'd like to encourage you, if you have any questions, just send them our way. Email them to us at libertybc2011 at att.net. We'd love to try to answer any questions that you might have. And, you know, so I want to do something a little different this morning. I like to have a little bit of fun. I like to enjoy myself sometimes. And, you know, I don't like to talk about myself too much. But, you know, I do. I have been told I have this one very special gift. And I don't like to toot my own horn. But I have been told that when it comes to jokes, that I can take pretty much any joke. I can take the best joke in the world and make it not funny. That's what I've been told anyway. But I want to share a couple jokes with you today. I know it's early in the morning, but I I enjoy something. I think humor is good. I think laughter is good for you. So I want to share one with you today. And this says this, A mother went to wake her son for church one Sunday morning. When she knocked on the door, he said, I'm not going. Why not, asked his mother. I'll give you two good reasons, he said. One, they don't like me. Two, I don't like them. His mother replied, I'll give you two reasons why you will go to church. One, you're 47 years old. Two, you're the pastor. Well, uh, you know, it's kind of awkward when you're... I I hope somebody's laughing because when you're in a room all by yourself telling a joke and nobody laughs, it is kind of awkward after that. But, uh, well, I don't know if that one went over good. Let's try this one. There was a barber that thought he should share his faith with his customers more than he had been doing lately. So the next morning, when the sun came up and the barber got up out of bed, he said, Today I'm going to witness for the, to the first man that walks through my door. Soon after he opened his shop, the first man came in and said, I want to shave. The barber said, Sure, just sit in the seat and I'll be with you in a moment. The barber went in the back and prayed a quick, desperate prayer, saying, God, the first customer came in and I'm going to witness to him. So give me the wisdom to know just the right thing to say to him. Amen. Then quickly the barber came out with his razor knife in one hand and a Bible in the other while saying, Good morning, sir. I have a question for you. Are you ready to die? Oh, come on. I I thought that was pretty good. I didn't think it was that bad. But hopefully somebody was out there laughing. And uh, hopefully... um, I didn't just prove people right that I can take any great joke and butcher it. But anyway, well, after that, maybe we better go to the message this morning. And You know, one thing you could do, too, if you know a good joke that you don't think I will butcher too bad, send that to me. I'd be glad to read it on the air. I enjoy a good joke. I like a good laugh. But uh, anyway, right now, we're going to go to Proverbs 28, and we're going to read verse 28. I got a challenge for you today. Something I, I hope you'll really take this message serious, take it to heart, and I hope you will do this. But Proverbs 28, verse 28 says, When the wicked rise, men hide themselves. But when they perish, the righteous increase. I always enjoy Proverbs. There's always a lot of, you know, there's so much good stuff in there. But some of them you just kind of have to think about a little bit. Not real clear statements. But notice it says, you know, when the wicked rise, when they're rising up, men hide themselves. Like those who are good, those who are doing the right, they 
get scared. They get intimidated because the wicked seem to be in such great number. But when they start falling off the scene, but when they perish, the righteous increase. In other words, all of a sudden they start coming out of the woodwork. All of a sudden you find out, hey, there's a lot more righteous people here than I originally thought. And it's true that we are living in wicked times. And it seems that the devil's getting victory in so many areas and that good godly people are harder to find than ever. And as wicked as it seems to be right now, I believe that there's still many good God-fearing people out there. But I'm afraid they've gone into hiding. Why? Because the wicked are increasing, like Proverbs said. And the truth is, this is not a time for God's people to go into hiding. When Proverbs 28, 28 says this, it wasn't saying that's what you're supposed to do. It's just saying that's what happens. But it's not right. This is not a time to be in hiding. Now more than ever, we need, God, we need God's people to rise up and to come out of the shadows. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. I just want to challenge you and just tell you it's time to come out of hiding. We've got to get people to do whatever we can. We've got to get them out. We need to know who they are. And what can we do to get people to come out of hiding? I want you to, first I want us to look at 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 13. What can you do? Maybe you feel that way today. Maybe you're someone who you are vocal about your faith. You're someone, you're not ashamed of your faith. But maybe you feel like you're all alone. You feel like you're the only one out there doing right. And, uh, and this, there's a lot of good stuff in here that we're going to talk about that you can do to help get some of those who maybe are kind of in the shadows right now, who maybe are intimidating, uh, intimidated and that don't want people to know who they are and what they really believe. Uh, what I'm going to, I want to share some things that will help you maybe get them to come out of hiding. And maybe this morning you're someone who is uh, in hiding. You're someone you want, you're quiet about your faith. You don't want too many people to know you're ashamed for whatever reason and i hope this will challenge you to come out of hiding because let me tell you we need you we need your we need your voice we need the righteous to show themselves and to do what god's called them to do but first kings chapter 19 verse 13 it says and it was so when elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave and behold there came a voice unto him and said what doest thou here elijah and he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Elijah said, I am all alone, Lord. I'm all by myself in this thing. I'm the only righteous person, and everyone wants to kill me. They want me dead. But then if you jump down to verse 18... God says, yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. Elijah felt like he was alone, but God told him, you're not alone. I've got 7,000. 7,000. Now, Elijah didn't know who they were. He didn't know where they were. And I don't know exactly who they were or where they were either. But, you know, I believe today, while sometimes you can feel very lonely, as a Christian, sometimes you feel like there's not too many of us out there. I believe there's probably more than we think. I believe there's a lot of people, maybe they're just in hiding. You know, and what can we do 
to get them to come out of the shadows? What can you do if you feel like you're alone today to get people to come out of the shadows and show themselves for who they really are? Well, the first thing we see in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14 says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We see here that what we need to do is to let our light shine. Why do we need to let our light shine? Well, one, so it says so people can see our good works. We've been convinced by the news media and by those who don't like Christianity that we're just supposed to keep it to ourselves. We're not supposed to be vocal about it and they they want us to go hide in the closet and that's not what we're supposed to do we're supposed to let our light shine why so people can see it and you know maybe you feel like you're alone today but i wonder if it's because maybe you haven't been letting your light shine i mean honestly think about this how are people supposed to know that you're a christian how are they how how are we supposed to know we don't go around wearing a badge saying i'm a christian i know some people you know they'll do different things uh you know they'll put symbols on their cars and things but the truth is it's not about you know putting a cross on your bumper or a a fish-shaped thing or anything like that the truth is the way we let our light shine is by our works says that they may see your good works you know what are some of those works well there's a lot of them but matthew 5 same chapter verse 44 jesus said but i say unto you love your enemies Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same. And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so. We see here, loving your enemies... That's not something that lost people do. Blessing them that curse you. That's not something that lost people do. And the Bible says that we have to do these works so people can see that we are the children of God because it rains on the just and on the unjust. You know, if we have bad weather, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean it's not going to hit your house. If you live next to a lost neighbor, it's going to rain on both of you. Both of you are going to get bad weather. You know what, Christians... We get sick just like lost people get sick. Christian people die and have funerals just like lost people die and have funerals. We have a lot of the same problems, the same things that come our way. Sometimes even maybe some of the same good things can happen. And what's going to distinguish who's for real, who's saved, and who's lost is our works. We are supposed to show those things. Listen, if we're just good to those that are good to us, the Bible says the publicans do that. Lost people will do that for each other. But Christians, we're the ones that are supposed to do it for other people. And that type of thing is letting our light shine. That's making it clear who we really are. It's making it obvious. It's something that the world can see and say, you know what? There's a difference in these people. And I know even as a Christian myself, sometimes I've seen other people that just by their actions, you're, you're watch, you watch them and you're like, what? Yeah, that's, that's definitely a Christian. And you see that and it, it's encouraging because you find out, hey, I'm not alone. 
And I'm glad they had that kind of attitude. I'm glad they did those works. It helped me to identify them, and it encouraged me to keep on doing those same things. But also, we need to let our light shine. The Bible says we don't hide it under a bushel. And I believe it's important that we don't act like the world or act like the lost. Second Corinthians 6.17 says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. That's quoting a passage from the Old Testament and something that God did to his people in Israel. He separated them. And when we got saved, God separated us from the world. We are different from the world. We are living spiritually. We are not spiritually dead anymore. We are different, and therefore, we should act different. We have been separated. Therefore, we should act separated. People should see a difference. The same filthy, vile words that come from the lost shouldn't come from our mouth. Those same actions, that temper, all those things, we ought to be different. God expects that from us, and he has every right to. He saved us. He separated us. Therefore, we ought to act like it. Also, we need to share our faith with other people. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Now let me ask you a question. Why would someone ask you about your faith unless they've seen something different in you? Something that they want. I mean, why would what's going to make anybody ask you a question about your faith? They have to see that faith. They need to see it acted out. Maybe they need to hear it talked about. When they and when you share your faith, when you're talking about Jesus Christ, when you talk about the hope that you have in you, what hope? Well, the hope that you're going to heaven. Okay, how are they going to know you have the hope that you're going to heaven? Well, obviously, you've been talking about it. And it's sad how many people, they feel like, oh, you know, you know you're never supposed to talk about politics and religion. Well, you can throw, go ahead and do that with the politics, but you know what? You ought to talk about your faith. You ought to talk about those things. You ought to share your faith with other people. Listen, people are looking for something, and they need to hear it. They need to hear from someone who believes the truth and who's following the truth. Otherwise, some of these liars that are out there going around spreading, you know, being false witnesses and things are going to get to them first. And why would anybody ask you about your faith? Why are they going to ask you about your faith if you act like everyone else in the world? Why are they going to ask you about your faith unless you've shown them something different in your life? And once again, something that they want. Many Christians today, sometimes people who call themselves Christians, they can be some of the most miserable people in the world. It's like, why would anybody want what you have? You're miserable. You're a grump. You're mean. Why would anybody else want that? See, we need to be acting different than the world. We need to, we need to show something different. And otherwise, if and if we don't, nobody's going to ask you about your faith unless there are some clear actions that are different in your life, and unless you are verbally sharing your faith with other people. But those kind of things, you talking about it, you, that's that can cause other people to do the same thing. It will embolden them to say something about their faith, to speak up. I mean, there's been people I've known for a long time before I found out that they were a Christian. 
And honestly, I didn't really see anything that stood out in their life that really helped me out. And they definitely didn't say anything. And we need to be talking about it. We need to be showing it. And you doing that, it can cause other people to do the same thing. And say, yeah, I believe that too. And uh, maybe right now that maybe, you know, said someone else, they're just feeling alone. They feel like nobody else believes that way. And if they know that you are a believer, if they hear you talking about it, then all of a sudden you might find out, hey, there's something that you two have in common. You might get them to come out of hiding because they don't feel alone anymore. But also another thing that's important that we need to do is team up with other believers. 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 19, this is after the story where Elijah was all alone and thought he's the only one that's... Uh, he, you know, this is right after that story where he thinks he's the only one and God tells him, no, you're not the only one. And then in verse 19, it says, so he departed thence and he found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he, and he with the 12, 12th and Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And then we know Elijah and Elisha teamed up together. God sent him there right after Elijah said, I'm all alone. Elijah ends up being led to Elisha. And what a great team those two made. Truth is, we all need somebody. We all need friends in the faith. We all need other believers that we can team up with, ones that we can work with, ones that we can pray with, ones that we can witness with. We need those things really bad. And the Lord saw that Elijah needed that, and he sent him to Elisha. But then, a little bit later, in Second Kings chapter 2, he didn't stop just with the one guy. And I don't know everything about what went on in Elijah's life, but you know, I can imagine after God told Elijah about the 7,000 that hadn't bowed the knee to Baal, Elijah probably started wondering who they were. And I don't know, if I found out about that, I think I'd start, I'd start looking for them. I'd probably want to find out who they are. And in Second Kings chapter 2, when the Lord's getting ready to take Elijah to heaven, Notice one of the things it says in chapter 2, verse 1, And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel, and the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha, and said unto him, Knowest Thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today. And he said, Yea, I know it. Hold your peace. Notice these sons of the prophets that were there. And they're, they're, mentioned, uh, they're mentioned a couple times. Turns out there were several other prophets that he got to know. Several other ones that he started working with. And we all need that for moral support. And listen, in this area, sometimes it does. It seems like the Christians are few and far between that real true believers, people that love God, people that act like Christians are getting harder and harder to find. But I'm here today to tell you that they're there. And if maybe if some of you would just start teaming up with people and one way we can do that by going to church, okay, you're not going to help anybody and you're not going to be able to help other Christians if you're not in church. You're not going to be able to provoke others to love and good works. If you're not in church, we can get very self-centered in our Christian life sometimes. Well, I don't need to go to church to worship God. Well, that may be true. You might be able to worship God. You can worship God anywhere. But the truth is, other believers need you. We need to, we need you to provoke others to love and to good works. And you can't do that by forsaking the assembling. The assembling. 
What is a church? It's a called out assembly. And it's sad. The, the numbers in churches say they're just shrinking and shrinking. And the numbers of churches are shrinking and shrinking because people think I don't need other Christians. And that's just not true. We all need other Christians and we need it in a great way. We need that moral support and we need as much of it as we can get. And that's why we're also supposed to recruit. That's what the Great Commission is. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. We are supposed to be recruiting other people. I don't get this idea of you have to keep your religion to yourself. We have, I mean, it's so foreign. I can understand the world saying that, but I don't understand Christians buying into this keep your faith to yourself thing. It makes no sense. We're supposed to go into all the world. Not just into our church. A lot of people think they're public about their faith just by going to church. Listen, church, that's something that, you know, that's for the believers. Evangelizing, that's something you do outside the church. The church, they go out and they witness to their family. They witness to their friends and their neighbors and not even just in their own community, but they're supposed to be going out into all different parts of the world, to the uttermost parts of the world, wherever they can, places Sometimes where they're not welcome. When we look in the book of Acts, was Paul welcome in all the places that he went? No, he wasn't. He was thrown in prison many times. He was beaten and stoned and all kinds of things. But you know what? He kept going to those places because even though they didn't want to hear it, they needed to hear it. And even though most of the people would usually reject, there was always a remnant of those. There was always a small group. There was always someone willing to listen and while the masses not might not like what we do we've got to do it for those few that are looking for the truth those few that want to hear the truth i mean i guess you could say that you know we're uh one of the things that we still do in our church we still go out and we knock on doors and we uh, try to be a witness to people and some people don't like it some people get pretty mad sometimes i've had some pretty nasty things said to me when i've been out doing that before but you know what? I've got to keep doing it for those few that do want to hear. Those few that are looking for the truth. Those few that will listen and will turn to Christ as a result of that. But I'm telling you, you've got to be public about it. You've got to get out there and do it. And most people today aren't. And it's because they feel alone. And maybe if they would see us doing it, it would motivate them to get out there. It would motivate them to do the right thing. We're not as alone as we think. There's many believers out there. They've just gone into hiding. They've been intimidated. They have been silenced. And we can't, we can't do that. We can't be a part of that. Listen, in church, it's one of the best places to come out of hiding. Church, it is. It's a very public thing. Hebrews 10.24 says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another in so much the more as you see the day approaching. What day is it talking about? Well, I believe it's talking about the day of the Lord. As we see the coming of Christ approaching, we are supposed to be 
assembling so much the more or exhorting each other so much the more. How can we exhort each other more if we are in church less, if we are together less? How can we do that? We need to be, we need to be together. We need to be motivated. There are people right now that are discouraged. They're, they're trying to do the right thing, but they feel alone and they're about to give up. They, they are that, they are so close to giving up. There are people today that are going to go to church this morning and they're discouraged. They, they're wondering if it's doing any good. They're wondering if it's working and they're going to go to church and many of their friends that could be encouraging them that need it, they're not going to be there. They're not going to get encouraged. They're not going to get motivated. There's preachers today that who, you don't know. They might be just one bad week away from giving up and calling it quits. I mean, they're putting their heart and soul into the into the work of the ministry, into their messages, and people just don't seem to care. And you know what? They preachers, they need motivation. I need motivation. I need exhorting. I need that encouraging. And many people are going to give up because they didn't get that. Listen, we need church. You need it. I need it. I need you to be there. You need me to be there. We need that, and we need it so much the more as we see the day approaching. Church is becoming less and less a part of our culture. There was a time when people, they'd be embarrassed to be out golfing or fishing on a Sunday morning. They know they knew they were supposed to be in church. I mean, it breaks my heart that in, in our own community, we have baseball games and stuff going on while church is going on. And people, they'll, they will skip church for those kind of things. They've, it's lost the importance. It's lost the priority. And we wonder why many Christians are feeling all alone. When you got the couple few that are doing right and that will show up when they're supposed to and everybody else is out enjoying the ball game and the nice weather that they could have done later. And it's sad. And we see that in the Bible there were people, even like Elijah, a great man like Elijah, who felt very alone. But the truth is, he wasn't. And I've talked to many people who feel very alone in their faith. They feel like they're, you know, we're, we're so few in numbers. But the truth is, I believe that there's a lot more than we think. But we have just got to get these people to come out of hiding. It's time for you. It's time for you to show up. We've got a lot of Christian people. They are missing in action today. They're, I guess you can say they're deserters in a sense. We are in a battle, folks. We're in a battle against the devil. The return of Christ, it's going to be here before too long, I believe. The Antichrist is going to rise. And I'm telling you, there's difficult days that are ahead. And we've got to be ready. The Bible says, you know, in the last days, there's going to be a falling away that's going to come. The Bible talks about how men are going to be lovers of themselves, more than lovers of God. And boy, we see how that is going on today. And we ought to, I mean, we ought to be preparing for these times like we never have before. We need to be getting out there. We need to be recruiting people for Christ. We need to be telling people about Jesus more than ever. We ought to be doing these things. We ought to be doubling and tripling our efforts, not backing off on these things. I mean, we ought to be standing stronger than ever, not compromising our beliefs, not trying to go along with the world and making sure we don't ever offend anybody. That's not what it's all about. We need to be, we need to rise up. And we need to come out of hiding. If you're a Christian today listening and you've kind of maybe been missing in action, you've been in hiding, we're asking you to get back in the fight today. We're asking you to come out of hiding. Don't be ashamed to let people know who you are. 
Don't be ashamed to let people know who it is you represent. And I'll tell you who we represent today. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll tell you who we serve in our church today. We serve the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe in his book. We believe in his word. It is the final authority. It is our only rule of faith and practice. And we're not ashamed of it. We're not going to back down from it. And if you feel like you're alone today, we'd love it if you'd team up with us. If you're a Bible believer today, if you love the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a group of people over on 2002 Ninth Avenue in Rock Falls that believe the same way. You are not alone, and we're asking you to get back in the fight. And so with that, let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. Lord, we just thank you so much for uh, the fellowship that we can have as Christians because of you. Lord, without you, uh, we wouldn't really have anything in common that would be worth coming together for. But, Lord, we just thank you so much for all that you do for us, and we will ask that you will just help those who need to get back in the battle. Lord, we ask that you will help them to have the strength and the courage to come out of hiding. And in your name we pray. Amen.